0: Welcome to This Week in Tech with Jean Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Jean Destro. So let's talk about Bitcoin. Probably a lot of people don't really understand what it is. Of course, we know it's a digital currency but it is subject to wild swings in its valuation. And I understand this week it hit a milestone. And I wonder if you could tell me what that was and why that's important.
1: So a year ago, I was teaching a class on Bitcoin at Kent State, and Bitcoins were trading for about 7,000. Now, at that point, the high had been 20,000. So they were way, you know, more than 50% down, uh, 60 or 70% down from the highs. And who would have known that just a year later, it would have cracked $50,000, right? But there are reasons why it's the move has been so fast and so sudden. There's two reasons, really. Number one is because of COVID-19 and sort of responding to the financial crisis, the Fed has grown their balance sheet, i.e., some people would say printed $3 trillion last year. And you can see that reflected in property markets and the stock market. And you also saw some of that also flow through into Bitcoin. But with Bitcoin, as the price got higher, and as it proved that it's not going to zero, institutions start to get involved. And when institutions start to get involved, instead of the money available to invest in Bitcoin being, you know, a few hundred million, a few billion, the money that can now go into Bitcoin is in the trillions. And so earlier this year, and last year, some large hedge funds in London, and those some what some people would call them the smart money, they started making significant investments in bitcoin and that then prompted some large institutions, uh, most notably Bank of New York, Mellon, which is a very large bank it's the united states oldest bank it's a very quote unquote boring bank they don't do deals and derivatives and stuff they do custody and trust so the old fashioned button-down version of banking is what they do. And they announce that they are going to offer custody services for Bitcoin. So that means that a large pension fund can now contemplate making an investment in Bitcoin because instead of having to do some research and wallets and uh, we're going to get hacked and who's going to hold the Bitcoin and what entity is going to hold it, oh, it's I found a custodian, but they're small and they're based in Kentucky. Yeah, that doesn't work. Now instead, they already have an account with BNY Mellon. Pretty much every pension fund in America probably has an account with BNY Mellon. And now you can just call your BNY Mellon and say, we'd like to buy some Bitcoin and please hold it for us. And they'll say, sure. And now you don't have to worry about wallets and cold storage and, you know, losing the password and hackers.
0: Just because a big institution like Mellon Bank has says it's okay to invest in bitcoin that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that the underlying issue of the fact that bitcoin is not guaranteed by a government and you really could lose all of the money in your wallet to a hacker i mean that doesn't go away just because a bank is there unless the bank is going to guarantee something that the government doesn't
1: well you see if bny is holding my coins Then, if a hacker steals their coins, I have somebody to sue who has a gigantic balance sheet. So, therefore, I don't have to worry about a hacker now because BNY is worrying about the hackers. Now, I'm guessing it's not going to be cheap for their custody services, but it eliminates the pension fund their worry about getting hacked. Now, yes, you're right. It can still go to zero, (laughs) and it it could drop a lot, but here's the thing to remember, right? Right now, almost no institution owns any sizable amount of Bitcoin. And when I say institution, I mean insurance companies, pension funds, sovereign wealth funds, like large, large trust fund, like large institutional money, which is trillions and trillions of dollars, right? They don't own any. So now their choice is A, do they want to buy some or B, do they not want to buy some? So either they're going to buy, in which case the price goes up, or they're not going to buy. In which case it doesn't affect the price at all <laughs> so you can see it's caused the price to sort of double right in the past few months because some institutions are now saying yeah I'll take a billion I'll take a million your million there so you have a lot of flows in but you don't have a lot of flows out
0: I don't understand what the one attraction or two advantage is well, for first of all, anybody, but second of all, a big institution like that, to own a currency that is not backed by a government somewhere.
1: I don't get that. Okay, so a couple reasons. Number one, if I'm an institution, right, what are my other choices for earning money? Well, I can put money in the stock market, right, but the stock market is at an all-time high. Right? All the stocks are really expensive. And so if you were investing more money now, you're buying at a very high price. If I look at the bond market as a Monday, the average high yield bond, which some people call junk bonds, are yielding, and this is not going to sound like a very high yield, 3.96%. So if I give money to the federal government, if I, lend, if I buy a treasury bond money to the government, they'll pay me 1.1%. So there's no risk of default there. Or if I buy a junk bond, it'll yield me 3.96%. If I buy like a really junk bond, like a triple C rated bond, 6.7%. Right? So you can see that I don't have a lot of good investment opportunities as an institution. So right now, I'm out there looking at other things like real estate, although real estate's very expensive now, buying apartment buildings. I'm certainly not lending or investing in commercial real estate because, you know, retail, real estate has a real problem because of COVID-19. So what else am I going to do with the money? I need something to invest in. So if I believe the Bitcoin story, then as an institution, maybe I'll put some money in there just to diversify and have another way of making money.
0: I guess I so guess that, my concern is that yeah. Bitcoin, because it fluctuates so wildly and because mm-hmm. it really isn't guaranteed by anybody and because hackers can and do just steal it and then it evaporates mm-hmm. wow. and nobody can get to it, that makes me, as an individual who might have either money in uh, Mellon or J.P. Morgan or any of the other big banks that are going to invest or just in terms of being somebody that has money in a mutual fund. I don't really want these big companies to be speculating with my money because what if they lose
1: it? Then where am I? Right. Well, so here's the thing. And and the next step, I think, for the retail investor right, would be and there's been applications to do this with the sec for the last two to three years and they've sort of been they've been saying no but people think they may start they may say yes but if but if there was an exchange traded fund if the sec approved an exchange traded fund then you could just call your broker charles schwab or td ameritrade and buy shares of a bitcoin fund on the stock market right just like you buy shares of apple and hold it in your account then you don't have to worry about passwords or hackers, right? You do still have to worry about the question you had about the intrinsic value of Bitcoin. And that is the true question. And the question is, will Bitcoin ever really have value? Will that be incorporated into the world economy for use as money? That is the key question. and <laughs> We don't know the answer to that. Yeah, but if that happens, the Bitcoin will be worth a lot. It'll be worth, say, I don't know, $250,000 a coin, maybe more, right? However, if it doesn't, and probably it's more likely that it doesn't, then it's worth zero, right? So it's sort of like a bet on the Browns to win the Super Bowl next year. So you put up $100, right? And if they win the Super Bowl, you win 1000 but probably they lose, and you lose your $100, right? And so as of the past few months, because more institutions have gotten involved, The probability of something has gone up, or the market thinks the probability has gone up, but it's certainly not a guarantee. So it's a very speculative investment at this point, and it very much could be worth zero.
0: That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.